you got your Bibles, go ahead and take your Bibles out. You know, I, I, you, you, you came and in, in, in to church, you're supposed to bring your Bible. So you can know what the preacher's talking about. If you don't bring your Bible, he could be telling you anything. Praise the Lord. And I was, you know, a pastor sprung it on me and said, uh, you're going to be preaching Sunday. <laughs> well, I, I preach every Sunday anyway over on the east side of Detroit. So, you know, it's... Uh, not unusual to preach and teach the word of God. And I know my, my saints are here today. Some of my folk are here. Praise him. Go ahead and lift your hands up, St. James. Praise him. My Lord. Praise the Lord. You got some folk that didn't fell in love with the word. Huh? You know, they got the word so much now, you can't beat it, beat it out of them with a baseball bat. You know, you know that you love the word, but everything you do, you measure it by the word. Hello? You know that you're on your way to spiritual maturity when you begin to measure everything that you do, or shall I say sift everything you do. All the ladies that do some cooking know about sifting, right? It, you sift everything that you do through the Word. Hello? Why? Because that's a perfect place to start. Hello? And I guarantee you, if you follow the Word, you'll never get in trouble. Hello? So, so many of us always try to find a new way. But guess what? There ain't no new ways. There are no easy ways except submission to Jesus and his word. Praise the Lord. So, I'm going to talk about something you all know about. And the title of my message is called Back to the Basics. Back, back to the Basics. But it's not what you think it is. Hello? All right. So, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open up your Bible and begin... Turn with me to Genesis. Everybody turn to the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. And we're going to read from the word written by Moses about Adam. Praise the Lord. Back to the basics. Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, we just stand before you and thank you for your goodness, your kindness, and your revelation knowledge. Thank you, Father, that the hearers of your word today will be enlarged, that they will be bigger on the inside. Edify your people today. Father, help them to turn on their ears that they can hear what your word is saying. For we understand that Jesus said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So, Father, right now, have your way. Whatever you want to say today, you can say it. Whatever you want to do today, you can do it. We are your humble servants, and we praise your name. In the book of Genesis chapter number 1, and we're going to begin reading at verse number 26. Everybody got to say aye. Now this is a conversation that was, well this is actually write, a written word that something that took place back in the beginning of the world. And it was after... Uh, and this is like a little short synopsis, but then it gets back into the meat of things later on. But the little synopsis says, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them. Now, he said man and he said them. So you know he's talking about women also. Hello. He's, he's, he's not just being uh, gender specific, but he's saying, I'm talking about both of y'all. He said, let us make them in our image after our likeness and let them have, everybody say it, dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that does what? Creepeth on the earth. And so God created man, what? I say he created him how? Aha. Uh -huh. Keep on reading. And he said, and in the image he created what? He, him, male and female, created he, them. That's a rhyme. You know, you know, God likes to rhyme a little bit. Sometimes when you hear prophecy, it rhymes sometimes. Okay? When you're praying out of your spirit, sometimes it'll rhyme. You know why? Because repetition is good for learning. You remember stuff when it's repetition. Now, back in the Old Testament, folks didn't have, couldn't write, couldn't read. So guess what? Everything was what? By spoken, word of mouth. Neighbor tell your neighbor. Tell them so-and-so. Repeat it over and over. Why? So they can remember. So them and him, 
It's real easy to remember. Amen. You got it. Verse number 28. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion, if you don't have an underline, underline it already, over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Dominion means that you have the say-so. Whatever you say, go. Whatever you say, so. It's going. God created man and woman in his image, meaning he didn't just make him that way so, you know, he'd have somebody to play with or whatever it was, but he wanted man to dominate because he gave him dominion. Now, when you have dominion over something, you can do with it whatever you want to do with it. However, God doesn't just give you something and let you do whatever you want to do with it. Hello? When he gives you something, he gives you specific instructions of how to order that thing to stay in harmony with his will. That's why we have to understand what his will is. You don't want to have power without understanding what you're supposed to be doing with it. Hello? That's why you don't give little kids the keys to the car. Hello? There's a little commercial that's on TV now that's talking about a man. He's telling his daughter how to drive and everything. She's a little kid behind the wheel. And he's talking to her and telling her everything. And at the end of the commercial, they look back and she's a big girl. But he's treating her like a little girl because he wants her to be safe. Hello? Well, God sometimes treats us like little children because he wants us to be safe because he don't want you to miss him. Because guess what? How many of y'all ever missed God before? How many of y'all have had to be reminded over and over and over and, and over a spanking and over and a whooping and over and punishment and over and you still got it wrong because you were acting like a child? Hello? But when we get to a certain place, we're supposed to act like adults. Hello? They just passed a new bill in the legislative body up here that says you can't drive with more than one person in your car if you are under 18. What are you saying? You are not mature enough to pay attention to the details of driving on the road with other folks in the car. Because guess what? If you're in the car with your friend, you're laughing, talking, and you're looking at him. Hey, hey, hello. Well, what happens if somebody's in the back seat? You're going to turn around and look at him. Hello? And it's a further distraction. So we need to understand that God is specific about his instructions to us because he wants us to do exactly what his will is. Hello? You need to understand we're talking about getting back to the basics. Now, verse number uh, 30. And to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given what? Green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw, verse number 31, that everything that he had made, and behold, and it was what? Very good. And the evening and in the morning, what? Was, what, was which day? The sixth day. So he created man and gave him commandment on the sixth day. So there's one more day, right? Okay, one more day. Now, we're talking about getting back to the basics. The first thing that God did with mankind was is gave him what? Dominion. Authority over the works of his hand. So guess what he wants you to do? He wants you to dominate. My brother Larry calls me a lot. We talk during the time, during the day. And I, I, I say, what you doing out here, man? He says, I'm out here dominating. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, whatever job he's doing, he's out there getting the business done. He's dominating. Hello? Well, God, when he placed man here, he said, I want you to go down here and dominate what I created. Hello? You know the story. But something happened. Everybody say something happened. We understand that something happened along the way, saved by that old devil, creeped into the garden. And guess what? You're going to always have trouble when the devil creeps in your garden. Huh? He's going to send something in there, somebody, something. Guess what? And it's going to create a problem in your garden. The thing that Satan was after was the authority that God had gave to man. Adam was so bad that everything he saw, he named it. He had dominion over it. I believe he had dominion over the dinosaurs. He told the elephants what to do. He told the fish what to do. He had dominion over everything he saw. God made him bad. 
And he had dominion. And guess what? Then he gave him a wife. Because he knew he needed a wife. And you know the story. And so forth and so on. The devil got to his wife. Brothers, keep the devil away from you. <laughs> but we find that God gave him authority. God creates, then he delegates authority. His authority to man. Now that's very important right there. You need to understand that. That if God delegated authority to man, then that means that God is not going to meddle in your affairs. Now think about it. He gave you authority to run the earth and to conduct your affairs. And guess what? He's going to take his hands off of it. Give you some instructions. See that tree over there? Don't touch it. If you touch it, you'll die. But all the rest of the trees, do whatever you want to do with them. Keep them. Make sure everything is growing right. Name everything. He said, Adam, keep the harmony in the world. I want to say to you that God has created you so you can keep the harmony in your world. So many times we run to preachers, we run to other folk, and we give them problems. Work it out for me. Hello, don't you? How many of y'all guilty of that? Put your hand up. Put your other hand up. Put your foot up. You want somebody else to pray for you and all that stuff. And we do, hey, you know, this is how we got way down the road, all this foolishness of, you know, people say, well, give me a little money. I'll pray for you. Hello? Hello? Well, uh, uh, the prophet has going to prophesy. Send the offering in. How many of y'all have sent an offering in? Don't put your hand up. <laughs> I almost got you. You need to understand that he created you to dominate. And when he created you to dominate, he created you to dominate your world. Hello? Go with me to Psalms chapter number 8. Tell your neighbor, say, he's getting there. We need to be reminded and reminded of what the word says because... I don't know about you, but I'm forgetful. Circumstances make me forget. You know, sometimes trouble in the home make me forget. Trouble on the job make me forget. I need somebody to remind me of who I am. Sometimes you forget who you are. Psalm chapter 8, verses 3. Yeah, you got it too. Mm-hmm. Now, he says, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passes through the pass of the sea. O Lord our God, how excellent is thy name. Let me go back a little bit further. Got to get away from my, I got away from my notes, y'all. Get back through that. Oh, now three. Start at three. I'm sorry. Start at verse number three. Verse number three, he says, when I consider thy heavens and the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast what? Ordained. He says, what is man? That thou art mindful of him, and the son of man, that thou dost what? Visit him. What? For thou hast made him a what? Now, you, did you all have the underline? Is that, that yellow on there for there? You got it in whatever. You, you highlighted it. Are you reading this? All right. Let's, just, let's go on. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast what? Crowned him with glory. And what? With honor. Mm-mm, you got some honor. For thou hast what? Made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put what? Under his feet. Now, how, what's outside of all, everybody? So that means everything that God made, he put it under your feet. Now, to give you a little background of who's talking here, this is an angel talking. And he said, God, who, are, who is man that you are mindful of him? That you visit him? What's so special about you? What did, why does God give you this authority to control all of the stuff he created? Adam didn't create anything. But he made Adam ruler over all of it and said, take care of it, my man. You rule over it. He said, dominate. And then the angels are looking at this. They're mighty in strength and excel. And they're saying, who are these people? Who are these folk that God will go down and visit with them? You don't come and visit with us. He don't come down and knock on the door and come to your house and say, hey, how you doing, and sit down and have a meal. He doesn't fellowship with angels, but he fellowships with us. So the angels are saying, who is man that you're mindful of him? Who is man that you visit him? You're getting there. You're somebody important. God created you to have fellowship with him, and guess what? He made you to sit at the table with him. I'm going somewhere with this. 
But so many times we as Christians, we have been in churches, we've sat in, in, in Bible classes, we've listened to preachers tell us that, you know, you ain't nothing but an old wretch. You ain't nothing but an old sinner saved by grace. Hello? Well, how can you be both? How can you be saved by grace but still be a sinner? Just because I commit sin don't make me a sinner. Just made a mistake. He's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse from all unrighteousness. What do you mean? I, never, I, I, I forget about it. Come on back in the fellowship. Why? Because he loves you so much. God loved you so much that he gave you the very best gift he ever had. That was Jesus. So how much does he love you? He's the ruler of the universe. The worlds were framed by him and for him. And guess what? He died for you. Huh? For what? So you can get back dominion. I said, so you can get back dominion. Is this making any sense yet? Now go with me to Genesis chapter 3. Help me speed up, Holy Ghost. Help me speed up. Genesis chapter 3. It behooves us to get back to the basics. I found out in my life that whenever... I get away from what the Word says, I get myself in trouble. Genesis 3 and 6 reads, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was what? Pleasant to the eyes, and that the tree was desired to make one wise. Pleasant to the eyes, and it will make one wise. She took the fruit thereof and did eat, and what? Gave also to her husband, what? With her, and he did eat. That rascal was right there with him, y'all. So don't be trying to, he was way across it. He was right there. Checking out fine Eve. And said, if she can eat it, I'm going to stay with her. Hallelujah. You need to understand that the devil saw this union and communion that Adam and his wife had with God, and he was jealous. And he watched them for we don't know how long. Was it, a, was it a decade? Was it 30 years, 40? It could have been a 1,000 years. We don't know how long he was watching them. But guess what? He was looking for a way to get in there. And, and see, if you, you, you understand the Hebrew, it says he circled the garden trying to find a way in there. What's he doing? Watching. The devil can't read your mind. He doesn't know what you're thinking unless you start talking. That's why you ain't supposed to complain. When you start complaining, guess what? Send in reinforcements. Hello? When he finds out that you're receiving his stuff, he sends in reinforcements. Why? Well, we got a compass about them. Let's go in and rush them and take them. Hello? Anybody know anything about armies? He sends in reinforcements when he knows he's about to turn the battle on you. That's why if you can't praise, you're supposed to keep your mouth shut. And if you can't praise, you should get your word out and read it out loud. How many of y'all still read your word with your eyes and don't read it with your mouth? Just talk it out. You need to start talking it out. Because when you're talking the Word of God, you're talking life. There's life in the Word of God. So Satan will attack your weakest spot. He'll find something that's dear to your heart and cause that thing to turn against you and cause you to leave your Garden of Eden. You want me to say that again? Satan will use something you love. He will use something that's dear to your heart to cause you to turn your heart from God and leave your Garden of Eden. Adam had dominion over all the things he surveyed. Adam was so bad, he talked to the trees and they bore fruit. Come on, y'all. He was so bad that the temperature was perfect. What's your perfect temperature in, that you have in your house? Whatever it is, what it, he said, I want it to be this today. Hello? He was so bad, he didn't need clothes. He was covered with the glory of God. Hello? They didn't know they was naked because they couldn't see nothing but glory. <laughs> How did he know she had a waist? He reached in there and felt them. <laughs> stay with me. Stay with me. Now, Adam committed high treason against God and gave away his dominion. Go to 1 Timothy 2. And these are basics. Y'all know this stuff? This is the basic stuff. I hope I'm telling you something you already know. So I'm just reminding you of things. Because guess what? I don't know about you, but I need folks to remind me because I forget stuff. And when I forget stuff, stuff slips and misses and 
you know, oh man, I forgot. Ever just drive somewhere and say, I forgot to put it in the car. And you at your destination? Wish you had somebody to remind you, didn't you? Uh-huh. Well, I'm trying to remind you because guess what? The devil does everything that he can to make you forget things. Why? Because he wants you to forget that God brought you out of darkness into this marvelous light. He wants you to forget that there's no weapon formed against you that will prosper. He wants you to forget that you're supposed to dominate everything you see. Every circumstance you're supposed to dominate. You got it there, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse what? You didn't, I didn't say, well, verse 14, I said it. Now, it says, and Adam was, dece- was not deceived. I almost said something crazy. It says here that Adam was not deceived. He said, but what? But the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Now, what does that mean? Hmm? You want me to break it down? Well, first of all, God gave the commandment to Adam, didn't he? It was Adam's job to tell his wife everything that she was supposed to be doing, wasn't it? Husbands, it's your job to tell your wives everything they're supposed to be doing concerning God's will. Wife, it's your job to do everything your husband tells you to do concerning God's will. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Right? She was in the transgression, but he was a co-conspirator. You ever seen people get prosecuted in court? The one who committed the thing gets more time, but the co-conspirator go too, don't he? But he don't get as much time. Right? Eve was in the transgression because she didn't listen to what her husband told her about obeying God. Now, I ain't going to say nothing about crazy about my wife because I got to go home tonight. <laughs> but listen, anytime you are not with one accord on, with your wife, you're going to make some mistakes. Anytime you're not with one accord with your pastor, you're going to make some mistakes. You know why? God has anointed him and given him the word. And when he's God's dealing with him, he is God talking to you. Every time I got in trouble, I didn't listen to what the Word was saying and what the Holy Ghost was saying to me. You can put your, you can go back in your mind and say, you know what? I know when I got in trouble, I quit walking out the Word. I quit dwelling on the Word. I quit reading the Word. How many of y'all can commit to memory the, the, all the scriptures you're supposed to know? Can't do it, can you? So you're supposed to keep on reading them. But you're supposed to keep on talking them out loud. I found out that if you start saying it out loud and, and commit them to memory and saying them by saying them, guess what? When you get in trouble, when a problem comes your way, when you get squeezed on by the world, out comes the word. But if you haven't been reading your word and praying and walking by faith, when you get in trouble, the first thing come out is a cuss word. Because <laughs> that's what's in there. We walk by faith and not by sight. Every time we get in trouble, we either led astray by somebody we love or we led astray by something that we love. Every time I got in trouble, I thought I loved it. I hope you're searching your mind. Don't be looking at my mind. Every time we got in trouble, it was something that we loved. So what happened? I'm getting there. Go back to, now let's go to Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. I'm trying to make it plain. I hope you all are going to, now if you don't get it down, uh, just go get the tape. They're free. I want you to follow this because you need to understand that there's power in your mouth. That there's power in your mouth when you put the word of God in your mouth. Most people live their lives, go through life, marry build and do whatever they're going to do and never finish what God wants them to do because they never know what God's will is for their life. Luke chapter 4 and verse number 6. And the devil said unto him, oh yeah, he'll talk to you, all this power will I give unto thee and the glory of them. 
For that was what? Delivered unto me. Why? To, uh, and to whosoever I will, I give it. Now this is a st- part of the story. I just read one scripture for time's sake. This is the enemy. This is Satan talking to Jesus when he's in the wilderness. Hello? And he's letting him know, I have the power. I have the dominion because, God, because they gave it to me. He just, you just read it. He said it's been given to me. Now God didn't give it to him. So you know Adam must have gave it to him because God gave him dominion over everything. Guess what? And whoever has the dominion, it shows their fruits of who's ruling. So what's going on in the world today? Death and destruction. Dying. People dying. I don't know why it happened. Well, there's a reason for everything. You ever heard that? Well, I know the reason. It's because God is not in control. And he's not in control because you're not taking control. If you're born again, God has given you the authority to take control over your world. And I'm trying to show you how to take dominion over your world. You can't just be a bystander in this army. You can't just be marking time. You've got to get your rifle, and you're going to have to do some fighting. And you're going to have to fight on your behalf. We wear people out. You hear Pastor Reed say it all the time. We wear intercessors out. Put them in the grave because the Holy Spirit comes to us and you pray. You say, oh, I'm sleepy, Lord. You roll open, pull the cover over the top of your head. You know? And the intercessors that will pray, they'll pray. And guess what? It all happens all the time. And God goes to them and he uses them and wears them out. Hello? Because he's trying to get his will done and he's trying to get his will done through you. He doesn't want to use me all the time. He doesn't want to use Elder Dave all the time. He doesn't want to use all the same people every time. But guess what? He'll use faithful people. Question is, are you faithful? I um, have a little thing I do with my, I tell my wife all the time. I used to have a, you know, a bunch of guys, and I would have to stay in contact with the guys. And one of the things that used to bother me all the time is that every time I try to get a call from some of those guys, their phone wasn't working. You ever had to call somebody and the phone ain't working? And then they call you back from another phone and say, this is my new phone number. Then about another year later, this is my new phone number. Then another year, I got another number. Well, I've had the same number for about maybe uh, 10, well, what, to keep the same number. Hello? You know why? Because if you want to show that yourself being faithful, you've got to keep the same way to get in contact with you. Hello? You show me, you, you know, a bird goes to every little branch and just moving and going. But guess what? You need to keep some same number so folks can get in contact with you. Well, how about keeping in contact with God? How about the same contact number? <laughs> Hello? It used to frustrate me. Call. Do, do, do. They don't do that anymore. Do they still do that? Do they do that? Okay. Do, do, do. The number you have reached is being checked for trouble. I know the trouble is you said no check. <laughs> but you can tell people that live consistent lives by the way you catch up with them all the time. Call them. Bring two wings. Hey, hello, this is so-and-so. How you doing? Call somebody. They don't never pick up the phone. Leave all kind of messages they ain't never there. They probably do the same thing to God. Ooh, if that's you, say, oh, my. Hello? God can't use you if he can't find you. Pastor Reed can't use you if he can't catch up with you. Hello? But then there are some people that just show up. and just calling and checking in. Hey, how you need anything? Hello, Pastor Reed. Do you need something? He say, well, we start service at 3 o'clock. What time they show up? 2.30. Hello. Well, you might need something. Hello? Yes, I know it's quiet. It hurts. I hurt. It's the kind of pain that you don't holler out. It's the kind that you be quiet. It hurts. But the bottom line is, is that we're trying to do things for the kingdom. We need folks that's going to show up. Hello? Why do, why do folks in the military have to stay on barracks? <laughs> it might be an emergency. <laughs> They want to make a call, you run out there and get in your plane or jeep or whatever it is. Why? Because you're on duty. But if you got to call over town, call the beer, call, call, the, call the mall, call all these places, tell them to come back to the base, there's a war going on. He don't know the numbers of all them places. Hello? I'm making a point. I'm trying to make a point. Because what, we, what we're doing and we're moving to is we've got to get back to the bases here at the river. The bases are praying. Hello? Hello? Anybody in here? The basic of praying, the basis of doing the things that will make the church grow and do the work of the ministry. Go to Second Corinthians. I'm trying to finish, y'all. Second Corinthians, 
chapter number 4, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. My Lord. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. And it reads as follows. It says, In whom the God, small case G, of this world have blinded the minds of them that believe not. Ask your name and say, Are you a believer? Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is what? The image of God. Oh, I thought, didn't he make us in his image? This is a side. This is a little footnote. He said, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. He's saying here, letting you know that Satan has blinded what? The minds. Huh? And you blind if you don't believe. I'm going to go a little bit further. You're blind in one eye and can't see out the other if you say you believe but don't do nothing. <laughs> Is it rough yet? That's all right. Just fasten your seatbelt. Because what happens is we as humans, we, we let stuff slip too much. You, we forget stuff too much. Sometimes you, 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 know, you want to deal with people, what is it, CPO, OBCD, what is it? OCD, thank you, uh, Elder Day. OCD, I want somebody that's just so wrapped up into it, they do a great job. Still trying to cut your hair, go out the door. <laughs> do a great job. But the problem we have is, is we forget stuff. You know why we forget stuff? Ask me why we forget stuff. You don't care. <laughs> or your level of care is not where it should be. I know it hurts. I'm hurting right now. See, if, you're left, if you really cared about something, you show up on time, you do it with excellence, and you check it and recheck it, and you make sure it's right. Why? Because you care. When a man cares about a when a man loves a woman, huh? show up and dressed up, smelling good, got his car shined up, bring some flowers, Knock on the door on time. Talk to the mom and daddy just right. Win a man. Don't he? Trying to win you. Been married for five years. Don't do nothing. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. Huh? But if you have been in this world any length of time, you know you let stuff slip. Get you a new suit, hang it up. Wear it the third time. Lay it across the chair. <laughs> huh? Hello? Don't be looking at me with that tone of voice. You know I'm telling the truth. Get a mark on it. Don't clean. Ah, I'm tired of this suit anyway. I need some new shoes. Them shoes are scuffed. Huh? But if you cared about it, you would take the right amount of time and make sure it's right. I didn't mean to talk about this, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm, that's just me. Hello? He said, the God of this world. You need to understand that Adam gave Satan the power of this world. So he's the God of this world. So quit blaming God for crazy stuff happening in the world because Satan is the God of this world. So the next time you get a phone call, oh, God is tearing up stuff in Japan. No, he's not. It's the God of this world. He loves to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his M.O. First, uh, John 10, 10. He likes to kill. You see some killing, that's the devil. Some stealing, that's the devil. Some destroying, it's the devil. But God, Jesus said, I come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Stop accusing me of killing stuff. With love and kindness have I drawn thee and shown you my love and kindness and mercy. Hallelujah. Now go with me now to 1 Corinthians 15. Just a couple pages back. You don't have to turn that far. 45 through 47. Chapter number 15, 115 through 45 and 47. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. When you read in the uh, book of Genesis, it says, God breathed into man the breath of life, and he became a what? Living soul. Actually, in the Hebrew, he said he became a what? Speaking spirit. Uh-oh. He became a spirit with the ability to do what? And create his world. 
You mean to tell me that Adam could create his world by just talking? Now, you just read here in Corinthians that he just said that he is so written that the first man, Adam, was made a living soul, a speaking spirit. And the last man, Adam, oh God, was made a quickening spirit, a live spirit, or a spirit that makes alive. Why? Because when Adam did what he did, he was no longer a speaking spirit. He lost the ability and the authority to tell his surroundings what they're going to bring forth. But everybody say, thank God for Jesus. He was a quickening spirit. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad I'm on the Lord's side today. And guess what? He gave us an ability back that we lost. My message is getting back to the basics. You got some negative folk in your life talking negative stuff? You better stop answering the phone. You got some crazy folk always going to call you, tell you something crazy that happened somewhere. And you're going to be up all night thinking about it. Don't answer the phone. A miracle happened about, what, 15 years ago. They created caller ID. So you can know before you answer the phone who's calling. Aha, it's Betty Jean. And I know what she's going to talk about. I'll get back to her later. Why? Because you should be in the middle of something that you're doing for God. I always, I find whenever I'm trying to do something for God, to find out something for God, the doorbell rings, the phone rings, something I'm supposed to be doing for somebody comes up. Are you going to go do so-and-so? Oh, man. Why? Because the devil uses people <laughs> to make you forget what you're supposed to be doing. It can be something real subtle. It says the, the Satan, the, the, it says the serpent was real subtle, wasn't he? You tired now? Make a sandwich. <laughs> Stop praying. Go to sleep. You tired? Your knees hurt. Aren't you, aren't you tired of praying in the Holy Ghost? You've been saying the same thing over for about an hour. You know what I'm talking? I'm coming down your street, huh? You know, there's it, only 16 chapters in Mark. Pastor said it. You can read it. Man, I didn't, man, my eyes are hurting. Go for some, get some, what they call it, Visine, put it in there and get them refreshed and keep reading. Anytime you're doing something for God, guess what the flesh is going to do? It's going to rebel. You're going to get sleepy, tired, hungry, might even get sick. Got something else to do. Why is it every time that God has something for you to do, everything else comes up? Just come up and it was, oh, I was supposed to do so and so. Oh, my goodness. And you have to stop doing what God, some of the best revelations that God was trying to get to me, people came and, and bam, had to stop. You know that, right, Elder? You talking? You're trying to get something from God and all of a sudden, bam, something come up. Hello? Now, I'm not saying be disrespectful and be rude to people. Hello? But if you see the call ID, say, I'll get back with about five, ten more minutes. I'm going to call them. I'm like, i get this right here. Hello? Because, and whatever they're talking about, it's going to wait. If somebody died, guess what? They're still dead. Your prayer ain't going to resurrect them. If they had a car accident, you don't drive the ambulance. Hello? You ain't a surgeon. You can't take the bullet out. Hello? You can get back to them. So-and-so fell down and busted his head. I think I'm going to take him to the doctor. Go ahead on and take him. Because if God is trying to give you something, to show you something, you need to find out what God's trying to get to you. Because guess what? He ain't going to hang around. He will lift. Haven't you been in services where the Holy Ghost comes in, you know he's here. He's ready to do something, and all of a sudden we start doing something crazy. And he lifts. And then we've got to start begging, please, please come back, Holy Ghost. Hold, hold, please come back, please come back. And he say, mm-mm. No. See, the problem that we have is, is that we have to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And you can't become sensitive to the Holy Spirit unless you spend time with him. I mean a lot of time with him. I'm not talking about just a few minutes every day. You've got to spend time with him. You need to spend time when you're riding down the street in your car. You need to spend time when you're on the job, when you've got a break. You need to spend time when you're driving and doing something. You need to spend time when you're sitting in the waiting room and they're fixing your car. Spend time with the Holy Ghost. You can pray in the Holy Ghost like this. You can pray in the Holy Ghost. Look like, it looks like you're chewing gum. But you're praying, what? Mysteries in the Holy Ghost. 
You can do that, but you're praying those mysteries out. And guess what? You're praying the perfect will of the Father when you do that. I'm still talking about getting back to the basics. You, you still with me? All right, now let's read on. It says, and, and it was so written that that first man, Adam, was what? Made a living soul, and the last man, Adam, was what? A quickening spirit. How be it that was not what? Which was spiritual, but that which was natural. And afterward, that which was spiritual. See, everybody thought that was a real spiritual thing when Adam was doing that. Have you ever read that scripture before? Read it one more time. Look at it. Read it one more time. Look at it. Read it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But then? What happened the first time wasn't really a real big spiritual thing. Made flesh, flesh, called the flesh together. The flesh came and the flesh, and the, it's the flesh. But then the next time when Jesus came, it was a spiritual thing. When, when the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary and she conceived, but she had to agree with that, say, whatever you say, Lord, be it so unto me. So many times the Holy Spirit comes to us and, and we don't say, not now, Lord, I'm busy doing something. Huh? I'm talking about getting back to the basics. It's a little small things. We miss God. We miss what? The supernatural, right? Looking for what? Spectacular stuff. Boom! Oh, that's God. No, it wasn't. This is a little, little, little supernatural thing he did. It's that still, smile, quiet voice that he's talking to you. Don't go down that street. Don't, don't do that now. Um, when the phone rings, do, you answer that phone. Hello? When they come to the door, you answer the door. It's a little small voice. It's not the, it's not the big, it's not that. But we miss that a lot. Because we want God to do supernatural. We're going to have testimony. Ooh, the Lord stood in my kitchen. Oh, how come a she? Oh, the one, Idiobosha. Y'all heard that one before? Idiobosha. Come on, everybody say it with me. Idiobosha. Boy, you just spoke in tongues. You need to understand that Jesus, Jesus came and had to pass the test. That was a test of his words. Am I right, Elder? He was tempted and tested in everything, and he never sinned with his mouth. The Bible says there was no guile found in his mouth. He never talks against God's will. He never talked against what God was doing, but he always spoke about God's will and performed it. Didn't he? There was a, so what did he do? He passed the test. Now this is going to hurt. Are you, are you ready for this? Some of us have been getting tested in little things and we've been failing. And guess what? God is saying, you ain't ready. You're not ready to go to the next place. You can't help me in this condition you're in now because you don't listen. You ever met somebody that was contrary? What do you, you, know, you know, contrary means is you say, hey, don't, don't go in there. I'm going to... When you ain't looking, they're going there anyway. <laughs> That's contrary. Don't do this, they go do it. Don't say that, they say that. That's being contrary. Kids have a way of being contrary. Some grown folks have a way of being contrary. Some of us have been contrary. Go ahead and put your hand if you've been contrary. Sometimes folks tell you stuff and you know what's right. You say, I ain't doing that. No way. Just because they said it. You're getting back at them. You might be getting back at God. Because he told him to tell you. Hello? Now, some, what you got to do is you got to go ahead and find yourself in the Bible and look at that and say, that's me. You got to say, you know what? I've been disobedient. I've been walking in the flesh. We used to walk in the flesh a lot. Okay? And, you know, Kenneth Hagin said, you old flesh creature. What do you mean? You do everything you do by the flesh. You consult with the flesh first. Well, let's go in and talk to the flesh. How does that feel to your flesh? Feel good. All right, let's do that. No. If you consult with the flesh all the time, you're going to always be in trouble. Hello? Sometimes it's not good to have a conversation with your flesh. Think about it. It's good to have a conversation with the Word. Now, the Word says, the Word says this, and what should I do? You should follow what the Word says. God has got your back whenever you do what the Word says. I'll go one better. There is no faith where the will of God is not known. Hello? Well, a, a famous writer said, you can sit in a garage all you want to and say, I'm a, gar I'm a car. I'm a car. 
No, you're not. Because he never promised you you would be a car. But if you say, I'm an overcomer, I'm an overcomer, we are overcomers. What? Through Jesus Christ that loves us. Guess what? You are an overcomer. But guess what? If you never say that, it ain't a coming. Sorry about the English. The problem with most Christians is they don't understand the confession of the word is what's working on your behalf. You can't. I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you this. Nobody told you this before, but you can't be silent over here. Well, I have a silent prayer. The Lord knows. If it's a silent prayer, it still is. You have to open up your mouth and get personally involved with everything that God's going to do in your life. Because what? You have to agree with the word. And how do we agree? Agree. You first say there's a request and you say, yes, I'll do it. How many of you ever got married? You know this stuff is simple. You got married. You got down there and said, I do. And guess what? You stand there all day. If you don't say I do, he ain't going to go no further. Because you got to agree to that thing. And then they write it down that you said it. And they got two witnesses that you said it. So guess what? When you go to court, you said it. Right? What about the court of God? Hmm? If any two of you shall agree <laughs> as touching anything in my name. If it's in his name, it's got to be his will. They're going to have what they're asking for. I'm talking about you getting personally involved with your blessing. You're going to have to start opening up your mouth. Why? Because Adam gave up our dominion to, to Satan. But guess what? Thank God for Jesus. Jesus came back and gave you the ability to call your own shots and by faith walk out your own personal salvation and get personally involved with everything that's going on in your life. So what happens when nothing's good going on in your life? You must not be saying nothing. I remember when my wife and I got in trouble. Everybody said, you know, everybody get in trouble. Made some business deals we shouldn't have made. Hello? Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Start dealing with some shady folk. Hello? Start getting phone calls from creditors. We're going to take, you gonna, we're going to take your house. We're going to do so and so and so and so. <laughs> well, my wife, who's a woman of God, who got the Bible out and said, I'm going to start say we're going to start confessing this scripture every day. Turn, turn to Colossians 2 2. Huh? Colossians? Huh? Colossians, second chapter. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something. They was calling every day. How many of y'all got call ID? How many of y'all ain't answering the phone when you see that stuff come up on the phone? Oh, don't be sitting there looking at me like that. Uh-huh. Colossians 2 and 14. Read it for me, sweetheart. Blotted out and wiped away, wiped away the handwriting of the note. Oh, I'm sorry, I read the wrong one. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. And took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. My wife and I, we said that scripture every time we pulled up to the house, Elder. When we pulled in the driveway, she started talking and I get in and I say amen to whatever she said. If any two of you shall agree. And, and guess what? It wasn't long before we got a phone call after church one Sunday from the attorney. He said, well, Mr. Reed, I got good news for you. He said that they have agreed to drop all of the money you said they sold you, owe you, and they're going to pay my fees, and they're going to give back all the money you gave them. Now, my wife and I wasn't jumping and shouting. We wasn't hakamashiing. We wasn't, we was confessing the word. You see? And we had agreement. Because I was agreeing with her. Yeah, baby, I don't want this. And she's like, yeah, baby, I don't want it either. We got an agreement and we said what the word said. Hello? We're talking about this house and this problem. And we used that and we confessed the word. He blotted out all of the handwriting that was on the wall. All the handwriting that was against us. Anybody got anything against you today? Anybody got anybody said you weren't going to be no good? Everybody said you were going to turn out to be nothing? You need to open up your mouth and say what God said about you. You need to start confessing and worrying what God said you're going to be. You're an overcomer. 
The greater one lives on the inside of you. But guess what? He ain't going to do nothing unless you start talking. Too long we've been silent about our salvation. You ready for a little more? What time is it? Can Can I go a little bit further? We have to understand that the sacrifice that Jesus gave at Calvary was the sacrifice that answered everything that the devil had against us. The Bible says he's an accuser of the brethren all the time. You she ain't no good. She ought to die. Oh, yes, yeah, she did it. She should die. Yes, yeah, so he, they don't love you. They ain't serving you. He's accusing you all the time. But guess what? When Jesus took his blood and went back to glory and walked across that crystal sea and went into the Holy of Holies, and then he poured his blood over that mercy seat, poured it over that judgment seat. And guess what? It became the throne of grace. And my Bible tells me that when I'm in trouble, when I have a need to be, needs to be answered, he said, I can go to the throne of grace in the time of need and find what? Help. Anybody here need help? Hallelujah. You can find help. Why? Because Jesus settled that question. Listen. You need to understand that when we were born again, and see, a lot of folks don't understand what born again means. I want to clear some things up. Pastor Reed talks about it all the time, and I'm going to piggyback on what he says. You need to stop looking at yourself as a sinner that was saved by grace. Because when Adam sold us out, we got a new father. If you're not born again, Satan is your father. Can I explain it this way? He became father of the spiritually dead. If you're not born again, you are spiritually dead. What do you mean? You can't hear from God. You can hear from the flesh. Excuse me. You can hear from circumstances, but you can't hear from God when you're in the flesh. So when Jesus came, he came so we could be born again of the Spirit. And guess what? When you get born again, you get born again in the Spirit. Your ability now to talk and listen to God has been renewed. Guess what? You have eternal life on the inside of you. When you get born again, you have eternal life. So guess what? Now you're spiritually alive. What do you mean? You can now hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. See why people need to be born again? He didn't, he didn't, Jesus didn't die because you like cigarettes. He didn't die because you was a fornicator. He didn't die because you like to go to the club. He didn't die for that. He died because you were spiritually dead. And guess what? When you get born again, you are alive to God by the operation of God. You are now standing in the presence of a holy God with nothing wrong with you. Why? Because it's what Jesus did. Not because of what I did. I just accepted what he did. Thank you, Jesus. I accept what you did. But how many religious folk preach that you a sinner because you do wrong stuff? Huh? You better get back down there and tear it over you a sinner. I, know, I used to know preachers would tell, my, my daughter's a backslider. Okay, she's a backslider. She's still God's child. <laughs> She's just not in fellowship right now. You know, the term backslide comes from, it means that the, 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 the animals would get on the cart and they had mud on their feet and they slide back off. There was a backslider. Hello? Clean the feet off. And they can get back up in the cart. Hello? We say out of fellowship. Because guess what? When you fall in sin, you don't want to talk to God, do you? Something inside says, mm-mm. It's like when you're a little child, you don't want to see your mom and dad when you've done something crazy. Right? My son can do anything. He's still my son. Hello? He might be out of fellowship. He may not be able to come over, but if we get it right, he can come over. Hello? He's still my son. But more importantly, he's still my blood. Anybody been washed in the blood? Anybody been then took a plunge in that fountain of blood? What? I'm still covered by the blood. I'm still his child. No matter what the devil says about you or what the matter the devil has been doing with you, you're still his child. May have done something wrong. So what? Tell the Lord, I told I did it. I'm sorry. And guess what? You get right back in the place where God wants you to be. And why? Because he can't stay mad with you because he got to be mad with Jesus. 
And he ain't going to be mad with Jesus. You see? Too many times we have been told that we ain't no good. And because we ain't doing what we're supposed to do, God don't know. He loves you, and he's giving you time to get it straight. Why? Because he loves you. (laughs) I give my sons a whole lot of time to get it straight because I love them. I'll walk a second mile. I'll do all kinds of because that's my son. I love him. Well, guess what? That's just my love to my sons. But what about the love that God has for you? He loves you with an everlasting love. He won't turn his back on you. Why? Because he died for you. He gave the very best gift he had, and that was Jesus. Why? Because he loved you. He didn't allow you to come here for you to die and go to hell. He allowed you to come here because he wants you to have fellowship with him. <laughs> he wants you to be a partaker of the life. And I thank God for the down payments. The new creation. What we got to get into. Listen, turn with me to Hebrews. I'm closing. I'm closing. I said I'm closing. Earnestly. Said I'm closing. Mm. Hebrews chapter 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And it says, by, by faith the elders obtained a good report. He says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the what? Uh-uh. So that the things which are what? Are not what? By the things that we do see. What does that mean? It says that the stuff that we don't see is the stuff that made the stuff that we do see. What are you saying? Everything that was made was made by the Spirit of God. But I want to introduce to you something that you've never heard before. Everything that was made was spoken into existence. Huh? By faith we understand that the worlds were framed. By the what? Word of God. How about by faith we understand that your world is framed by the Word of God. Everything that you need is created. That's what that word frame means. Is created by your words. By the Word of God that you put in your mouth. Do you know that the Word takes on another form when it comes out of your reborn spirit? It becomes an indescribable creative force that has the ability to change every wrong that's going on in your life if you have faith in your words. You can change any situation that you come in contact with if you have faith in your words. So why would you speak a bunch of crazy stuff? Why would you say, oh, yes, the bad is coming and it's getting better? I would stand in the face of contradictory evidences and say, no, no, no. My Bible tells me that the greater one is on the inside, and I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror through Christ that loves me. And you know what happens when you begin to make those professions of faith and those confessions of faith? It starts to get bigger on the inside of you. And guess what? When you start talking faith, guess what happens? The Holy Ghost comes alongside because he is the paraclete. He's the one called alongside to help in the time of trouble. He's that one that if you have a load, you can roll the load over on him. Because he's the one called alongside to help. He's that one that's going to help you get it done. Anybody know what a paralegal is? A paralegal does all the work. Y'all know something about that? Well, guess what? If you go in there and you have the Holy Ghost as your paralegal, he will do all the work. But you've got to start getting and working in accord with him. Stop sitting idly and stop, you know, allowing the word of God to flow out of your mouth. Stop confessing the word. Do you know we are highly developed in fear? We are highly developed in the things of the world. We talk the world. We sleep the world. Days of our lives. We watch all kind of stuff. You know, I was sitting at the table before I came today and the TV was just on. I just turned it off. Well, my wife turned it off. Why is it on? I wasn't paying attention, but it was on. And so many times we got so many different things going on in our lives that distract us from framing our world. It says, we understand by faith that the worlds were framed. You need to understand by faith, your faith, that your world will be framed. If you don't start talking it, it ain't going to frame. If you don't start walking it out, it ain't going to be framed. If you don't start saying it, if you don't start praising him while you're saying it, if you don't start worshiping by you're saying it, guess what? He is not going to help you. 
I found that when I talk doubt and unbelief, it comes. But when I start talking faith, when I start walking in faith, when I start giving in faith, when I start living by faith, when I start confessing words of, 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 of God's word in faith, guess what? Joy comes. Peace comes. And guess what? I start seeing things turn in my favor. Why? Because we've gotten away from the basics. This is called the great confession. What? We confess our way into being right. We confess our way into things of God. He's already done the work. You just have to receive it. And it's just that simple. He made it so simple that you've got to just say, I believe that, Lord. When you hear the word preached, you say, Lord, that's mine. I'll take it. I receive it right now. And see, you may not feel like it. A lot of times you don't feel like it. But we don't deal in the feel realm. We don't deal in the sense realm. If you live in the sense realm, you're going to fail every time. Because that's what? The devil will squeeze that pain and it will overpower the voice of faith. Huh? Now I got to say this last thing and then we're going to go ahead. Some of us have been doing things that we shouldn't be doing. Now I'm not talking about sinning. So rest your mind. God ain't showed me nothing. <laughs> but you're being unfaithful in your thoughts. You know, what? everything that's, that, that that's happens wrong starts in the mind, don't it? Do you know what a war is? It's in your mind. There's a tug of war going on in your mind right now. The spirit man tends to the things of God. It leans toward God. But your old flesh creature, man, he want to play. Want to have a good time. Want to eat too much. Want to sleep too much. Want to stay out too late. Want to have a good time. Want to go to Chuck E. Cheese's. Want to go to Lucky Strike. Whatever. That, they want, they want to have a good time. And your mind is like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. What you want to do? What you want to do? Hello? So guess what? You've got to get a hold of your mind. How do you do that? You have to have the Word of God. The Word of God is like a dog catcher. Not that song we used to sing, dog catcher. Dog. Now, he's like a dog. The, the Word of God will catch and capture those thoughts that are running up and down your mind. They ain't supposed to be in there. It's like a two-edged sword. You know I'm in the book. It will capture those thoughts, and it will show you that you're thinking wrong, but he won't leave you there. He'll show you how to get out of it. He'll refer you to the Word. Some of us are going to have to start spending more time in the Word. We're going to start praying more of the Word. You ought to just go ahead and pray the Word. Get you a tune. Get the Psalms out. Just get you a tune and pray them and walk them and whatever. Guess what? So you can now become a mature Christian. That's what we're talking about. Getting back to the basics. And the basics is we walk by faith, not by sight. We use faith to our advantage. But the number one thing, you're going to frame your world by the words that you speak. Some of us ain't talking enough. Huh? We talk about everything else but the word. You ought to get you a partner and talk about the word. You ought to have Bible studies where you talk about the word on the phone. Hello? I, keep, I, I just buy books. I just reading books, buying books. And I strike up conversations with my wife. Hey, guess the word says right here, baby. Hey, man, have word talks about the word. Why? Because what happens is there's an exchange of God's word. And guess what? When it's God's word, it leaves a deposit. There's a seed left in your spirit. Because guess what? Your reborn spirit feeds off the word. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word. So guess what? Word is the food that you need. Guess what? You can't just sit and, just sit and read it. You gotta start talking. Come on, stand on your feet. I'm done. Get back to the basics of confessing the word, of walking out the word, of living in the word. Why don't, we, why don't you try for a week just to live the word and confess the word and march out the word? I know this ain't a jumping and shouting message. We jumped and shouted already. Hello? Hello? Here's the problem with the church today. We are moved by feelings too much. I feel. Well, I feel like somebody. Well, I feel like this. The devil's telling me this. Well, I'm hearing this. I had an old preacher said, a woman came in line and said, pray for me, the devil is telling me so-and-so, so-and-so. He said, what do you want me to do? He said, stop listening to the devil. 
He's a liar. He's a deceiver. And he'll tell you every day contrary to what the Word says. And you have to do what? You have to encourage yourself in the Lord. How do you do that? You've got to get your Word out. You've got to read your Word. You ought to create psalms in the Spirit, singing the Word. David was a psalmist. And what did he do? He got over into the Spirit and he would sing songs in the Spirit. Hello? Don't have to sound good to everybody, but it needs to sound good to you because you're singing the Word. Hallelujah. Today, lift your hands toward heaven now. We've got some confessions to make. We've got some repenting to do. You know, and I know, that we need to start confessing what God wants for us more. We need to start confessing the Word more. We need to understand that you are the one that has more to do with where you're going than anybody else. So as long as you're silent, guess what? You're going to stay right where you are. As long as you quit, don't confess the Word of God, your situation is going to stay the same. So here's the first thing you're going to do. You're going to say, Lord, I recognize that. I recognize that I have been doing what I've supposed to been doing as far as confessing your Word and walking out your Word. Incorporating His Word in your everyday routine. So, Lord, I'm going to confess that right now. I've been wrong. I confess that right now. So, Lord, you said you're faithful and just to forgive. And you said you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1 and 9. Now, right now, so go ahead and open your mouth and say, Lord, forgive me. Just go ahead right now and forgive me. Just go ahead and tell me to forgive you your own way. Lord, you know where you've been slack. You know what you haven't been doing. You know what you've been lacking. You've been slacking on it. You know you've been talking about folks you ain't supposed to have been talking about. You know you've been living the way you ain't supposed to have been living. I'm not trying to make you guilty, but I'm trying to make you get rid of it now. Thank you, Jesus, because we're trying to frame our world, trying to get rid of it. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord Jesus, I confess now all the wrong that I've done. I haven't done everything you told me to do. I haven't lived the way you told me to live. Lord, I've been slowful. Lord, I've been slack. And I'm not commanded. I'm not done doing commandments the way you told me. Lord, right now, forgive me. Lord, cleanse me. Place me back where I'm supposed to be, Father. Lord, renew in me right now the mind to live for you. The mind to do what you said I'm doing to do. And Father, I thank you right now. If you said that with me right now, just know that God has wiped the slate clean.